hand on your heart. Standing in the presence of the flag. Let's say it together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now if you turn and face the Christian flag, I'm going to challenge some of your children's church skills. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One brotherhood, uniting all mankind in service and in love. If you have your Bibles, I want you to hold your Bible up. If it's on your phone, hold your phone up. If it's in your heart, hold your heart up. Ready? I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. 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 And while you're standing, if you would turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. Mark chapter 10. We're in our One Church series. We started this a couple of weeks ago, and we are moving in a direction I believe the Lord is, is breaking. And you know the song we sing, the shifting, that there's been a barrier that we're coming through. And God is going to change and is changing the culture of our church. I believe in order for us to be effective and be the church that we're meant to be in the last days, the church that is effective for winning the harvest, for seeing our prodigals come home, for seeing salvation in our communities, that we have got to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church in these last days. And I believe the Lord is doing that as we've been focusing since January on prodigals, the theme for this year for us is souls and servants that we will do our best to be the the people of God be the vessels of honor prepared for every good work meet for the master's use as the King James says we want to be vessels of God and serve him with pure hearts we also want to do everything in our power to be what the church is meant to be and that's a lighthouse for the lost that we seek the lost that need to be saved. That we do everything we can in our power. We are going after prodigals. We're going after sinners. We're going after people in the alleys, in the streets. We're going after anybody that anywhere needs Jesus Christ as a message of hope for their life. And that's everybody, right? Today as we continue, how appropriate on Memorial Day that we'll take the, the road we're going to take. I don't know which towel to, to use here. I didn't have any towel in first service and leave it to them Jones men. Both of them got me a towel after the first service so that I'd have one today because the title of our message is Take Up Your Towel and Follow Me. Take Up Your Towel and Follow Me. Let's read the Word of God. But Jesus called them his disciples, and I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. But Jesus called them to himself and he said to them, You know that those 
who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, they lord it over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet, it shall not be so among you. But whosoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word? Father, challenge us by your Holy Spirit. Speak to us today. Change us. In the name of the Lord we pray. Amen. You can be seated. One church series. One church. Uh, I've really been having this mentality and thinking about what that really means for us as a church in these last days. One church. You know, Brian and I, several years ago, Pastor Brian, we were talking about Esperanza and we were, we were talking about how because of the, the so many different countries, they have many different countries represented in our Hispanic ministry, Esperanza. And in Esperanza, uh, you can be from South America, you can be from Central America, you can be from Mexico, you can be, I mean, you can be from many, many different countries. And so we talked about how each one has different cultures and their societies are different and the countries are different. So they come with many different kinds of backgrounds. And so we came up with the slogan of, one church, many cultures. And that was the, the theme that we still have to this day, to be one church, even though we all come from many different backgrounds. And while that's still true, we're striving to be one church, one culture. The kingdom culture. The kingdom of God. As we all come from many different backgrounds whether we're from the United States originally or Canada or Australia, Japan or South America, wherever you're from, we all come from different backgrounds, but we're coming together to be one church for the kingdom. How many of you know we're just passing through here? We're just passing through. It's not sad for those. That's why the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Because you see, on the other side of life, there's jubilation going on. Sister Zella Lawson stepped over in the glory a few days ago, and ain't nobody crying over there. Ain't nobody upset. Nobody's discouraged. Nobody's in despair. As a matter of fact, they're throwing themselves one humdinger of a shouting service. Because it's precious in the sight of the Lord. The death of his saints, the, the other side of this life, I, I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it till Jesus comes, we spend a lot of time praying people out of the very place we say we all want to go. Oh, I want to see him, but not for 10 more years. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> when we all get to heaven, what a day that will be. What a day. One church, getting ready, the bride of Christ. We preached about being the bride of Christ a few weeks ago. Souls and servants, as we've honored military in our service today. Good to see you, Thomas, is back up here. One of our gentlemen that's currently serving in the armed forces. That's right. We love you, Thomas. Honoring and celebrating, and, and rightfully so, in the church. 
that we honor those who in life have given and made sacrifice because of America's freedom, for the cause of America's freedom. As I mentioned earlier, those who have written that blank check with their life, ready to serve in any way or any capacity and lay it all on the line just so that you and I could meet together today to worship freely in America. This is an awesome thing for us to do, and it's right for us to do that. To understand the genuine under, heart behind the servant, the, the service that they give. They're heroes. We call them patriots. But they mirror something that we see all throughout the Word of God. Because how many of you know the greatest example of a servant is God himself? Greatest example of servanthood is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Their examples to us, I'll remind you, the Bible tells us in Genesis, it tells us uh, I mean, uh, over and over throughout the Word of God, all throughout the Word, of how God had a plan, how He put it all together, how He designed and made everything. And then we jump to the New Testament, and it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This truth shows us the heart of God. He's not a dictatorial God. He's not a bossy God. He's not a cruel God. He's not sitting up on a throne demanding things. He's a God of great love, compassion, and mercy with a law of holiness. The truth of his love and his powerful, powerful design to save us is amazing. The Son who would leave the throne of God, who would leave the, the beauty, the splendor of glory to come live on this earth and live out a human, human life, sinlessly I might add, and then make the ultimate sacrifice for us. He's the greatest example of a servant that there could possibly be. I don't understand people that don't get or understand the value and the beauty behind servanthood in the body of Christ. It's it's who we're made to be. It's not natural, though. It's not who we naturally become. It's not human to become that. John chapter 15, verse 11 says, "These Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He goes on to say something amazing. He says, Greater love hath no no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. In the very next verse, he goes on and he says, and you are my friends. Wow. So much is told in that beautiful verse of Scripture. Greatest example of servanthood in the Scripture for us is an example of a one church mentality is Jesus Christ. And as we continue to move forward, breaking shifting, breaking through barriers as we continue to reach out into this community looking for a culture change. It's time for us. All of this simply means that the Lord is challenging us to grow up. To grow up. Growing up in Christ. I'm afraid that today in Christianity it's too, too, much, too much of a problem for people when it comes to sanctification. We are more in line with what the word I wrote in my notes was stagnation instead of sanctification. 
Because it seems to be so difficult and hard for us to follow the precepts of God and to allow the Holy Spirit. What Zechariah Zechariah 4 and 6 says when it says it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. All throughout the scripture I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We understand that the Bible teaches us over and over again that what's not natural for you is supernaturally possible through Christ. And when we live this and we know this, we grow up. God doesn't want us to be babies forever. He wants us to truly understand that no matter what we face, no matter what trial we go through in life, he wants us to get to the place, I want to get to the place where I am living out an adult relationship with Christ. You say, well, doesn't the Bible say that we're supposed to come as a child? Yes, it does. It says come as a child, but it doesn't say stay a baby. It doesn't say stay on the milk. It says graduate, grow up. Ephesians chapter 3 is beautiful verse of scripture that talks Paul writing about how to grow up in the Lord. He wants us to come as a child, to have faith and simply believe like a child. He wants us to come in all of our unknowing. He does, you don't have to know a bunch. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to have an education. You don't have to have any of those things to come to God. You can come like a child and just simply trust him. But boy, once you do, he wants to take your life, transform it, turn it upside down, and turn you into a warrior, a champion, a mighty man or woman of God. That's what he wants. He wants to train you up. He wants to raise you up. Babyhood's a delightful thing, but perpetual babyhood is deplorable. I said in first service, I said, and, and that's not meaning you're a Republican right there. That five of you got that. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll move on. The Word of God challenges those of us who are born of the Spirit to grow up in Him. There's an inheritance, you see. There's an inheritance that I want, I want to have in my life. I want the inheritance of being a child of God. I want the inheritance of the promises of God. I don't want to stay a baby where I've got to be prodded and pampered and diapered all the way through. I don't want to be a pouting child of God when I get to heaven. I can walk away from the cemetery. I can walk away from the hospital. I can walk away from trials and troubles in this life. And because I have grown up in God and I've become mature in the spirit of God, I can face whether it's the fire or the waters or the floods. I can face all of those things. Why put a lion and put me in the den and I'll come out. I'll come out because I am determined to grow up in the Lord. I want to grow up in the power of God. If I'm faced with the troubles, if I'm faced with the trials, if I'm faced with the things in this life I cannot overcome by myself, I want to know where to hold on and where to grab hold of. I want to be able to grow up in the Lord. The gifts of the Spirit are not playthings. The offices are and the authority of the Spirit of God are not charms to be worn on our egotistical necks. God wants us to be soldiers, warriors. And yet at the same time, all throughout Scripture, He wants us to be gentle, serving, kind, patient, not easily provoked, keeping no record of wrongs, wants us to have the love that he sent to this earth that never ever fails the love of God 
And in that, he wants us, he wants us to truly understand him and move out of this idea of a normal Christian life. I don't believe we're called to be normal. I believe we're called to be extraordinary. I believe we're called to be different. We're called to stand out. We're called to get to this place of maturity in the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Let the word of God, the word of Christ, dwell in you richly. Richly, valuably, treasurably. He wants it to be something that's valuable, priceless, that's living in and out of us. When you walk into a room, he wants you to light that room up. He wants your eyes to glow with something from another world. He wants your kind words. He wants your life to reflect something beautiful that the world looks and says and has this passionate desire to want to be a part of that. That's the way it was meant. That's the way when it all came down 2,000 plus years ago, it, it was meant that we would make a difference, that we would be light, that we would be salt, and that we would live out the precepts of God's power in us. So normal Christians, I don't want to be normal. Want to be extraordinary. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He wants an example. Whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it with all your heart. Do it in his name. He wants us to do things excellently. excellently. And he tells us that when he's talking about this greatness, when he's talking about this excellence, when he's trying to get this across to his disciples and to us, he takes a towel. He takes a towel. The creator of the universe. I've got one on one side and one on the other. <laughs> he takes a towel. Let's go back to that Thursday night in the upper room. Jesus and the disciples have just celebrated communion, much like we did today. The shadow of the cross is hanging over that room. In just a little while as they head towards the garden. Jesus will be betrayed with a kiss. He'll be arrested. He'll be tried. And then the road to the cross will be wide open. He's shared with them. He's talked with them. He's let them know, Scott, what's going to happen. He's let the cat out of the bag. He's expressed to them not to be concerned, to hold fast, to, to trust him. These things are going to take place. And What do you think they were thinking about? What do you think they were whispering about? It's actually amazing. We know from Luke chapter 22, it says, the word says, also a dispute now rose up among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Are you serious? Really? I mean, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has just 
gave you communion, served the Lord's Supper, spoke, spoke to you about brokenness, spoke to you about his blood sacrifice, told you he would be killed, he would be crucified, he would be raised up. He's telling you all this stuff. We're talking about his final words in that upper room. He's about to be crucified. Salvation is coming to the world. This is huge. And they are arguing about who's going to be greater. You know, when I first read that, and I'm there, they're going back and forth, and we know from Scripture that they're fussing about, well, will it be James or John or Peter or Bartholomew, or will it be Matthew or James the less? Who's it going to be? I mean, they're all looking, well, who's going to be greatest? And they're all going back and forth. Who's going to, you know, the Salome, she comes, and she wants to know where her sons are going to sit, and the th- sons of thunder think they're all bad and all that. So everybody's all in an ego trip. And the only thing that made me feel better about it is as I was looking and reading and writing all this, as I was thinking, well, at least they're human. At least they're human. That's so human of them. But the way that Jesus answered them, he looked at them and he said something that is so valuable for us today because we are just like them. We can get caught up in what about my position? What about where I'm at? What about my gift? What about my talent? What about who I am supposed to be? And what about my destiny and my future? My, 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 I, 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 I. Yuck. Is that a term I can use? But Jesus looked at them and he said, Listen, guys, you know, those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, they they lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. They're bossy. They like control. They like to tell people what to do. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, Let him be your servant. Let him be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first, let him be slave of all. For even the Son, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. The Lord is looking at the people, the humans, us. And he's saying, don't get so caught up in religion. Don't get caught up in opposition. Don't get caught up in your humanity. Don't start thinking you're all that. Remember, I left the portals of glory. I left the throne of God. I have made a sacrifice. I've come to here to bring you a message of life. I've come to bring you life. I've come to give you hope. I've come to give you an anchor so that when you walk away from the cemetery, when you walk away from the hospital, when you walk through the waters, they'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither will the flame kindle upon you. For as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. He wants you to know. He wants us to get our minds out of the gutter, so to speak. And he wants us to understand. He looked at him. He was so disappointed. The only thing he knew to do was to get himself all wrapped up, get his towel. I got to minister to them. I got to teach them one more last time. You would have thought they'd have got it by now. 
Luke chapter 22 and verse 27, he says, I am among you as one who serves. It's not normal. It's not natural. It doesn't come easy. Unfortunately, we're human like they were. And we have to recognize this is a daily walk, right? Wasn't it Paul who said, I die daily? I have to crucify this flesh daily? He said, after having preached to the masses, I beat this body black and blue. I I tear it down every day. I have to get up and slay the flesh. Because if I don't, after having preached to the masses, I'd find myself a castaway. He said, I definitely... I've got to understand, everybody's striving. He he said that that I may know him, that that I may know him in the the fellowship of his, his sufferings. Paul was searching out what we're talking about today. He wanted to know, what does this all mean? What is this where you don't don't talk like a human, Lord. You, You don't... We're naturally driven to succeed. We're naturally driven with a drive to, to success. And we, we want to be something. We want to obtain a lot. We want to have the most toys. We want to buy the biggest houses. We want to live to the finest ability. And Lord, we don't understand this mentality that you're giving to us that says we need to be slaves, servants, giving. Why? Why do they want us to give? Because Jesus said give. Because Jesus said give. Because God gave. He looks at you and he says, don't blow your inheritance. You can't give an inheritance to a baby. Can't give an inheritance to a child. When you stay as an infant, when you stay immature when you stay in this place where you're nothing but fed milk on the word all your life and you don't grow up and learn and grow into the gifts of the spirit you know you can't handle some of us we can't handle the gifts of the spirit because we're not old enough we haven't grown up enough and that's not an age thing it's a mature thing He wants us to understand there's there's a supernatural world. There's a supernatural realm that you can live in. You know, I look at at what's going on and, and, you know, our hearts have been broken. We we can celebrate with the Lawson family. We we can celebrate because we know that Zella lived a wonderful life and she was faithful and she lived to a good age and, and she's was ready to go. She's like Paul. I fought a good fight. I finished my race. I kept the faith. She's ready. Now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. She's, she's there. We can celebrate actually through our tears. We can celebrate with her. But then it's another story when you walk out of the hospice for a 33-year-old young man. And we've all dealt with it. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, shall we? We're all crying, we're all wondering, we're broken. I cried so much the other night. I hurt in my heart as I wrapped my arms around those little boys yesterday and hugged on them and they played a little message they had in a bear from their daddy for me. And and I I was broken. And I I look up. God, I'm the pastor. I got to say something. I'm I'm just transparent with you. I didn't walk in there going, oh, yeah, well, here we go. Working today. 
no, I didn't come into this that way, and I ain't going to ever be that way. I looked at that family, and I said, it's okay for you to be upset. It's okay for you to ask why. It's okay for you to be mad. I love what Brother Junk said to me last week. He said he was talking to somebody who was angry, about angry to the Lord, and it stuck with me. I'll never forget what you said to me. He said, you know, I just leaned over and told her that God can take it. He's got big shoulders. And I looked at that family yesterday, and I said, go on, be mad. God can take it. As they began to weep and cry, and we began to pray together. This morning, I was reminded it didn't happen yesterday, but it sure happened today because I was faithful to stay. We stay the course. We trust God. When we don't understand, we stay faithful to Him. We just know that God knows more than we know, right? He always knows more than we do. He sees the bigger picture. We don't. We see now through a glass darkly, but then face to face, He'll tell us it all. We'll have it all. It'll all be figured out. But this morning, Jesus looked at the disciples, and I was reading in John, and I went to find the, the scripture in John. I remembered where the disciples were talking about all those that had went away, who had left Jesus, had left the faith, and were running like scared little dogs. And Jesus looked at his disciples, and he said, will you also leave? Will you go away? And it was Peter that jumped up. He said, Lord, where else would we go? Where else would we go? He said, you alone have the words of eternal life. You are the son of the living God. You are the Christ. And that's where I'm at today. Somebody says, oh, does that shake your faith? No, not one minute. No. Am I discouraged? No. Am I in despair? No. Am I hurt? Yes. Am I hurting? Inside, full of pain, yes. Are we sorrowful? Yes. But I don't sorrow like them because I know in whom I believe he is able to keep that which I, oh, oh. He's able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can count on him. You can lean on him. You can cry on him. Glory to God. Whoo, I feel God. Holy, Holy Ghost. We can lean on him and look to him. Don't let your inheritance pass you by. Don't let your inheritance get away from you. You can, when you're a baby, you have to, your, your inheritance has to be put in a trust. You can't handle it. I want to be grown up in God. I want to face the lions. I want to face the fire. I want to face the difficult hours. If I have to face sickness, I'll face it. If I got to face the jail, I'll face it. You know, as long as it wasn't for nothing I did wrong. <laughs> I won't be no crook. (laughs) 
But if they lock us up because of our faith, if they take us out into the city square, I want to be grown up enough, Debbie. I want to be grown up enough that I'll take it, that I'll stand there. And like Stephen, as they're beating him down with rocks, look up and say, I see the Lord at the right hand of the Father. Forgive them, for they don't know what they do. I want to be that person that's grown up in the Lord. I want to be a servant. I don't want to worry about my position. I don't want to worry about my place. I don't need recognition and reward. All I need to know is that he is welcoming me, saying, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. That's all I want to be is faithful to him. I want the power of his Holy Spirit at work in my life. I want to discern when the word of God is needed in a situation. I want to declare and decree the power of Almighty God because I'm not called to normal. I'm called to the extraordinary. And that means, that means when I have to go through the trouble. When I got to go through the life-changing circumstances, I'm going to know that I know that I know that God has something in it for me, in it for anyone in my sphere of influence, that he's got something amazing that is going to take place, and I'll not stop until I see it. I'll not stop until we're dancing in it. I'll not stop until I hear the music that they're singing around the glorious, victorious throne of God. Not going to stop, and neither are you. We're going to serve him. We're going to be faithful to him. We're going to not sit on a pew and die. We're not going to be stagnated. We're going to be sanctified. We're going to be filled with the Spirit of God, moving in his power to accomplish much. I want this church to be something. The city and the community of Middletown, they know exactly who we are, and they know exactly what we're about, and they know what we're bringing when we come. I'm bringing Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. The question is asked a lot of times. I've heard people ask this question. Would the community even notice if you closed your doors? Well, I'm tired. I've been praying that prayer. I said, God, make us so vibrant in this community. Make us such an arm of your love, your power. Make us, God, a a people of visitation, a people of love and provision. Make us a team of people that reach out, that we will take all the ones nobody else wants, that we'll look for the down and the out. We'll look for those in despair. We'll look for those who they say are no good, and we'll bring them in, and we'll do everything in our power to be the light that turns them upside down. The uglier they are, the prettier they're going to look when Jesus gets a hold of them. I want us to be a church that will reach into their hearts and lives and make a difference in this community when the rapture takes place I want the city to say where in the world did Stratford Heights go Whoo! I feel him <laughs> let it be let it be in Jesus name stand with me this morning let this mind Jesus spoke through, I believe this is Paul's writing I'll, I'll blame it on the Lord but it was really Paul 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. The greatest example of a Memorial Day warrior, soldier, is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And when you, when you grab hold of your inheritance, and you grab hold, you decide you're not just going to live normal, Scott. Sierra, you're not just going to live normal. You're going to be extraordinary. You come all the way from Peru. You didn't come all the way here from Peru to just live a normal life. You've come to make a difference. You've come to be empowered by God. You've come to take back what the enemy has stolen from people, from thousands of people. We're here to make a difference. We're here to serve. Jesus says when he walked into the room and he looked at them arguing about who's the greatest, he looked at him and and I'm sure I, I can't wait to ask him when I see him because I have a feeling he's just going to be like, yeah, man, I was so ticked off. <laughs> it's going to be like, he's sitting there looking at them and they're like, well, Lord, who's going to sit on the right and left? Well, I mean, who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? He was just like, all right, boys, here we go. He went over and took off his day robe, took a towel, Bible says he girded himself, went over into the room, no doubt him and the father having a little bit of a conversation, I know, I know, they're, wow, I really know how to pick them, don't I? He gets down and he says, John, come here, sit down, what's he doing, what's he doing? Take your sandals off, John. Here, let me help you. No, 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 Lord. What's he doing? He, no, he can't wash our feet. Starts to wash John's feet. And Peter says, no way. Lord, no. Peter, I, come sit down. No. Lord, no. I, I, no, you're not washing my feet. Don't you know who you are? Don't you know who we are? Lord, you don't do this. You got bigger position than that. You a fat cat. You the big wig. You don't wash my feet, Lord. That's filthy. That's no. Do you know about how rank works, authority works? You the boss. What are you doing, Jesus? You're not washing my feet. No. Peter, see, you don't get it. If I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. 
because it means you don't know me. You have no idea who I am. I wash your feet. Peter, we have no fellowship. Peter had a heart of gold. He said, then wash all of me. Head to foot, all of me. And Jesus said, not necessary. <laughs> and with that one little illustration, Jesus showed those guys and us what makes for greatness. Because the human part of us wants greatness. But the spirit part of us has to know how. Through Christ, it's through servants, service, through servanthood, through a heart. And when we get that, we're well on our way to being amazing. So I entitled this message, this very, very wonderful name that I came up with. I, this was Cameron's. Oh, I gave his a lot of attention. Now it's time for Pastor Jones. It's time for his. But the title of the message this morning take up your towel and follow me it was Jesus who said if any man will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross follow me so I played on words Denise I said Lord and I told Cameron this morning we, we got to design our own towel here at the church we're going to design our own towel and it might even just say those words on it. Take up your towel and follow me. That's greatness. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest in this church? Who's the greatest person? Is it, is it the youth pastor? Is it Marty? Is it Gary Turner? Is he the greatest, greatest servant, the greatest Christian in this church? Is it me? I'm the senior pastor. I, I got the top position. I am the fat cat. You can see me roll my eyes because that's ridiculous. But Nope. You know who the greatest is among us? Among us. Yes, but listen. He wanted to answer the question, who among you? is the greatest it, it's not me it's not Gary it's not even Cameron or Pastor John I'm still trying to get used to calling him James and it, it'll happen who's greatest the one who serves the one who's a servant that's the one that's the greatest so I see greatness in a lot of people there are times I see greatness in different ways but I see it a lot but it has nothing to do with an office it has nothing to do with a title it has everything to do with a towel that's who the great ones are with every head bowed and every eye closed two prayers today on this Memorial Day two prayers Lord make us great 
through servanthood. Help us to make a difference in this church, this community, in this city. Not the name, not for our name, but for your name. Anoint us to serve. Anoint us us to brainstorm a thousand ways to serve. May we be busy, nobody sitting back, everybody apart. Anoint us, Lord, to be one church, one kingdom, moving forward for you. That's prayer number one. Prayer number two, with every head bowed, is simply this. Is there anyone here today who would say, before I leave this building, I want to accept Christ and I want my life to be changed. I want him in my life. He's not Lord of my life prior to this service, but I want him to be as I walk out today. I need Jesus to save me. If you're here and you would pray a prayer to receive the Lord, I want you to slip up your hand and write back down. Are you here? We had a wonderful young lady accept Christ in the first service. Is there anyone here today that would say, I need to pray that prayer? Maybe everyone on Memorial Day is saved in this service. Is there anyone who says, I need to get things right with the Lord? Pastor, pray with me. Okay. That's awesome. But we sure have a lot in our hearts to pray about, don't we? When it comes to servanthood, I challenge us as a church to be servants, to take up our towel, to follow the Lord, to find ways to outserve one another. If there's any competition in the church, I would sarcastically challenge you to just try to outdo each other. I'm going to get the door for you. I'm going to do what I can to serve you. And you try to outserve me in the process will please the Lord I love you with all my heart I want us to be the church he meant us to be so on your way out today I want you to pray for people I want you to talk to people on purpose I want you to serve people with a smile I want you to serve them with a handshake and a hug if you can I want you to find ways to minister with your family at cookouts I want you to start doing everything you can in the church to serve the Lord with all of your might I want you to be great in his eyes great amen father we come to you today we thank you we honor you we bless you I pray that you will touch every person who's here man woman boy and girl challenge them in their lives where they work where their families live challenge them to live in light of a supernatural anointing challenge their hearts and speak to them God to live out the precepts that you've taught us in your word the example that you set and on this memorial day may we never fail to remember the greatest greatest warrior who sacrificed everything for our eternal life our savior and our lord jesus christ in your name lord we praise you and thank you today and everyone said amen amen god bless you if you are new to our church and you uh, are visiting or you haven't been by a meet and greet, we have that happening in the bookstore in the lobby. We would love for you to stop by, have a little refreshment, and talk with the pastoral staff. God bless you. I want to remind you about this evening. We are asking you to be with your families this evening, cook out. You can invite me for a steak. That would be fine. But have fun with your families this evening. There will be no service here. God bless you.
From the start, from the beginning, I was taught who you were. Now I'm older, I'm still learning my purpose you have chosen. 